Have you ever felt like the work you were supposed to love is instead sucking your soul and you aren't making the impact you always dreamed of making? If so, you aren't alone. From broke and underemployed to six figures plus, powered only by daydreams and grit, I realized I was burning out and my values of freedom, purpose, and making an impact were taking the backseat to my wallet. I realized that I needed to build my own field guide to awesome from the inside out. So I gave it all up and I traveled the world to rediscover what was most important to me and create a business that filled my pockets, filled my soul, and allowed me to multiply my impact. But the question is, how will I do it? Join me on my journey and find out as we build our community of experts and share the secrets of success from the inside out. My name is Trina Serechia, and this is the Field Guide to Awesome. Hi folks, welcome back to the Field Guide to Awesome. In my last episode, we spoke with Tammy Dunnett. Tammy is a workplace bullying survivor and is using her experience and knowledge to help others conquer conflict. She provides free resources on her Facebook page and offers small group masterclasses. If you missed that episode, make sure to go back and check it out. But don't go yet, folks. My next guest is the mind shark, Joe Cursillo. Joe Cursillo is the author of Getting to Us, which has quickly become a top-selling book with thousands of business leaders incorporating the information and using it to help their businesses grow and achieve goals. The advice that he shares in the book focuses on the importance of using a unifying vision to get into the heads of your employees, customers, and your entire network. Joe earned the nickname The Mind Shark as he balanced his careers of being a trial lawyer and a performing mentalist. He has spent his life being a trial lawyer and a student of persuasion, studying how people behave and how they are motivated. Along with being a popular author, he is also a popular TED Talk called The Mobilizing Power of a Unified Vision. Joe is a celebrated author of several books, including Getting to Us, What's Your Freaking Point? Maximize the Impact of Every Word You Speak, and Don't Be a Hamster, 30 Tips to Spark the Imagination of Busy People. He has both spoken to and entertained many big companies, including the San Francisco Giants, the Philadelphia Phillies, Merrill Lynch, Mohegan Sun, Remax, Amway, and Hershey Park. Joe and I had a wonderful long conversation, so long in fact that I broke it up into three episodes. Let's jump into part two of the conversation with Joe Cursillo. So Going with your gut and taking immediate inspired action, um, and that's something that is so important in the entrepreneurial world. Oh, yeah. um, and creating success because you can have all of the brilliant ideas in the world, yeah. but if you don't take action on them, those ideas die. Absolutely. You know, uh, you may still have them or you'll see somebody else take action on them right. and you'll yeah. regret saying, Oh my gosh, you know, I should have done that. I had that idea last year and I didn't do it. As I always tell people, uh, I'm an Italian if we if we acted on our ideas, we would have owned Starbucks. Mm -hmm. It was ours. <laughs> we lost <Yeah>. it. <laughs> you know, um, I, uh, and I think the problem is people don't act on it. And one of the things I like to tell people is they've got to overcome that fear. Yeah. You've got to you let go of the fear and say, I'm done with this. And that is, uh, for me, a major factor for people is to say, get over the fear. Yeah. And, you know, that's an easy thing to say, 
but really fear is the only thing that holds people back because they it's not like the not knowing of things not knowing how to do things because you can learn anything on google right and likely you know if you've gotten into this field you know enough to be successful but if you don't take action you won't reach that success Absolutely. and what blocks you from action is fear this is true and you know there's some I can go into a whole speech, but there's things people can do. You've just got to be able to say, I'm willing to overcome the fear and understand the process of overcoming fear. And once they do that, it's going to benefit them for the long term. Yeah. Um, Because, you know, as I always say, if you don't overcome your fear, you'll die. It's that simple. Um, You can't afford that. You got to live. Yeah. Mel Robbins um, is famous for like the five second rule. And which is once you have an idea, you have five seconds to act on it. Okay. And, um, you know, that means it's like, I, I should do this. And if you wait out that five to seven seconds, whatever you said, this is what I need to do is not going to happen. Nice. I'm writing it down because I never heard of that. Yeah, Mel Robbins. Got it. Thank you. That'll be fun to read. Yeah, well, see, I always tell people, and if I can, my fear test um, is simple. My fear test is if you know what you want and you know where you're going, ask yourself, are you more scared of not having what you want or are you more scared of what it is that's causing fear. Um, and the story from my life is um, I learned my fear management when I was in um, college and law school. Like my first year of law school, a summer before law school, I had called my boss that I had worked for as an engineer building inspector. Um, and I said to him, Don, I'm looking for work this summer. And he said, I don't have anything for you because all I have is high steel and you're scared of heights. And I said, how high is high? And he said, the building's going to 46 floors. And I said, I'm only scared of heights after 50 floors. (laughs) And he started (laughs) laughing because you're scared of heights. I said, yeah, but I'm more scared of poverty. Yeah. So I ended up taking the job. Um, and that was the balancing test is, was I scared of falling? Yeah. Was I scared of heights? Well, I'm not actually, it's not true. I'm not scared of falling. I'm, I'm very scared of the sudden stop at the end of the fall. Yes. The fall doesn't bother me at all. Um, and when I, in fact, I have on my desk, I just show you, I leave this on my desk at all times. That oh, wow. is a bolt from the top of a steel building that I worked That's on. That's a big bolt. Oh yeah. And, uh, well, let me tell you that my job that summer was to go out on the beam and inspect the bolt to make sure that it was in. So now for people that don't want to follow that process quickly, I was the one that went on the beam and checked before anybody actually knew the bolts were there. So that either made me the stupidest person on earth or the craziest person on earth. But my job was to make sure the beams were all bolted and the bolts were tightened right. Um, so I always say, if 
if I, as long as I was up there, we know that it wasn't falling down because I was walking on it. Yeah. <laughs> but it was that overcoming that fear. So I always keep these bolts around to remind me of that. Um, and the lesson that I also share is overcoming that balancing test. You know, and I talk in my book, I talk about a unifying vision. What is the vision that brings you and everyone together? And that will outweigh any fear. Okay. And then the way you tackle the fear is, I say, one day at a time or one floor at a time. Because when I first arrived on the job, they were, what, 12 feet above ground. And I started walking on the beams and I, I, I did what I had to do. By the end of the summer, I was 46 stories in the air walking on the same six inch beam and not reacting to it Wow! because every week we went up a couple floors or two and a half floors. So every day I learned to overcome the fear of the day before. So eventually being all the way up there was not a fear. It wasn't a problem anymore. So that's the same issue we have in business. If you take each fear that you have and overcome it one single step at a time, one level at a time, eventually you're going to master the fear and you're going to be on top of it all. And, uh, you know, I had people teach me and um, share with me how to walk on a beam because, you know, you realize that when you stand on a beam and you look down and realize that there's a car that's about that big, um, you know, that's not going to be a pretty thing. Um, so somebody teaches you what to focus on and how to, um, be able to walk, how to keep your balance. Um, and I, I always say that I had a mentor that taught me that. So again, it's, you know, I'm sorry, I'm going into a lecture on you, aren't I? No, um, but, but that's it, okay. That, it's, it's a great yeah. analogy. But it's, of... yeah, it's the issue of, you know, balance it to say, you got to do this, take it a step at a time, have a mentor walk you through it. And that way you have someone to lean on. And I always say the fourth and most important thing is don't ever give up and celebrate that you're alive and you're accomplishing something. And unfortunately, the metaphor, the story behind that is that there were days when we were on the steel and we're 30 stories up and all of a sudden you would hear a clanking on a bolt on a beam um, where somebody was down on the bottom and you would hear rattling through the building and we all just came down off the steel without question you came down because it meant somebody wanted us mm -hmm. and we came down to the ground level and they told us someone fell off of a bridge and died on another project in the city oh god and you know they wanted us down before they told us so we all went home early that day but the next morning we knew that someone had died and fallen from a beam but the next morning we showed up at work and we got back up there and we kept going because we couldn't let the project fail. It had to succeed. And um, that was our jobs. So, you know, don't ever give up on that dream, no matter what, or you are going to die. Yeah. And uh, that's where I'm at. So that, that's my, that's my fear. I mean, I just, I, my fear is not overcoming fear. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. And your story is such a great analogy. It's a practice that you can take clients through. 
is to start at the end of what you wanted to create at the top of the mountain. Yep. And have an idea and a picture of what you're going to create and how you're going to feel. Within your story, that was, we're going to create a 46-story building. Mm-hmm. And then you can sort of look back and see each step of the way, what needed to happen right. at each step of the way, who you needed to be to, to reach that particular step. And then when you start, you just take that next first step. You don't climb to the top of that building, the top of that mountain with one step. You know, and, and you took that one next step with each layer of the building that went up. You yeah. conquered your fear at that height. Now, I, I, and I, I, by the way, there is a humorous ending to all of it that I share with people, which is the one fear I never overcame was, yeah, I worked with iron workers all day. And these are some of the toughest as nails people you'll ever meet in your life. And that same summer, I had a job in a department store selling cosmetics. So my biggest fear is that the iron workers would walk in and see me selling cosmetics at night. <laughs> that was scary. I didn't get over that fear. I just kept hiding. <laughs> Duck. Yeah, it was like, oh my God, if they come in this store. <laughs> but again, I hate poverty. So I did what I had to do to make money. So uh, that happens. That's brilliant. Yes. Yeah, there's nothing like, like fear. No. You know, and once you overcome that fear, the ability to create new things, to create and experience even more success. Yeah. Is possible. Absolutely. I mean. And even ex- experiencing success along the way, because as you're overcoming that fear, you see new and more opportunities. It's not the end that's the goal it's the success along the way it is it's uh well you know to me uh, i always say i never got anywhere by not being scared that brings to mind big hairy audacious goals if if you've heard i i don't know if you've heard the saying you probably have and if you're an entrepreneur out there listening to my show, feel good to awesome. You've probably heard the same. If your goals aren't scary, they're not big enough. Right. Yep. That is exactly right. In fact, it's funny because uh, uh, my, uh, uh, my comment and, well, obviously, as the mind shark, you know, there's certain things that run through my head. But um, I always say you're big enough until you sit there and say to yourself, we're going to need a bigger boat. Yeah. <laughs> if you remember the line from Jaws. Yeah, yeah. That's until you, and when you realize I'm going to need a bigger boat, that means at that moment you have bit off more than you can chew. And that's the most exciting moment in the world. You know, yeah. then, you know, you've gone too far. So. Yeah. Even um, committing to, or declaring, it's like, I am going to create this thing. I am going to do this amazing thing. And you put it out there and people are like, oh, wow, I'm on board. And then you're like, holy shit, now I really got to do it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Well, you know, it's uh, a, okay. I say that every time I'm about to walk on stage. 
is oh wait i actually booked this oh god i gotta go do this now this is exciting yeah so uh, this is happening yeah you know my, my my comment before i go on stage and if anyone's ever anyone ever has a chance to stand next to me before i walk on um and i'm doing a full show or a full keynote or whatever um my standard thought process is simply bull in a shoot and that's how i feel i'm waiting for the gate to go up because there's so much pent up excitement, angst, energy. Um, I, I, I just get that feeling I need to explode because I just want to get out there and just take it on. Because, you know, as I say, I've been doing this for years. I've, I've stood in front of audiences of um, several thousand. I've stood in front of audiences of one. Mm -hmm. And the day that I am not a little bit edgy about what I'm doing, the day I don't feel that nervousness about what I'm doing is the day I'm going to quit because that's the day I know I'm not supposed to do it anymore. I need that yeah. energy. That for me is my drive, my ambition. It's everything. I've seen you speak and the energy that you exude is palpable. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You, you enrapture the whole audience when you speak. And... I thank you, but I, it's, I don't know any other way because that's just, I pour it out. I mean, that's what I do. And even in a show when it's not emotional, it's to me, it's, it's about the people in front of me. It's never about me. You know, I mean, even sitting here talking to you, you know, this is not about you and I, it's about your people. I, I yeah. the people that are listening to the field guide to awesome. The only reason we're doing this is we want them better. Yeah. You know, um, you know, I always tell people, we give up our time and do this. This is not a cash cow. This is not like we're rolling in <laughs> no, dough. I make no money on this. On the internet. <laughs> but the point is, somebody out there, maybe something we say is going to make them better, and someone else can roll in dough. And somewhere along the line, I'll be laying on a street corner, and someone will come up to me and say, hey, I'll buy you a sandwich because you made me successful. Yes, that's what's going to happen. All right. You know, I just want to see other people. So, I mean, that's the reality of what we do is this is not about glorifying us. It's about improving others. And I mean, that's what it is when I'm on stage. I want people to be happy. I want them to enjoy it. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that, that's gotta be what's behind us, so. Yeah, the whole purpose of the Field Guide to Awesome is, for me internally, it's connection and having conversations that aren't being had. Right. And, having that information and those conversations and those perspectives available for my listeners so that if they find one piece of gold in there, one gem, then that is enough. Exactly. That's perfect. I mean, that's great. And that's it. Cause that one little piece that people get for that one person at that moment, at that place in time, that could be the, linchpin that changes everything for them you know um and i think that's awesome I, I think that's just phenomenal so yeah it's a lot of fun i love what we do so yeah it's brilliant i absolutely love everything about what i do i love what you do i find that you're one of the sparkly people that you make magic happen and you help people see that magic I call it magic. It feels like magic when it's happening, but the change in state, the change in mental state. 
that yeah. makes everything possible. It's the moment you can connect with another person. Um, no, you know, and I'll, I'll give you another courtroom example for a moment of when you see what I call the magic happening. Um, and this is the weirdest, one of the weirdest stories. We're picking a jury once and um, we kept asking questions and realizing we're on camera, so I don't have a lap to show you, but one juror kept her hand on his lap and every time we asked a question, he would just go like that. Wow. And he wouldn't really raise his hand. It was just tilting it. <clears throat> so as I'm watching him, I realized this was uh, not acknowledging it, and this was a yes. But it was so introverted that it caught my attention. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> so then I asked a question that I asked to all my jurors. It was, is there, are there any of you here that believe that you will not be capable of rendering a decision based on the evidence in this case and solely on the evidence because of something in your head that will not let you cross that barrier? You know, you just are going to be that predisposed. And all of a sudden from this, it went to. Oh, Wow. And, and so for my listeners who um, oh, I'm sorry. are just yeah, watching a podcast, just, yes. Yeah. Yeah. But, but that's okay. The, the initial gesture was just a slight tilt of the hand, very yeah. subtle. And when he asked that last question, the, the hand gesture became quite exaggerated. Right. And when I caught the movement, it was like something hit a nerve. And I said, I, I asked two people ahead of him is this something you can put out of your mind and do what the judge tells you to do? And they both said, yes. I got to him and asked him that question. And there really was nothing coming out of his mouth that made any sense because he was backpedaling. Mm. And um, I, I said to him, I said, is this something you would prefer to discuss in private? And he said, yes, with big, bright eyes. And I said to the judge, your honor, may we approach? And he said, yes. And he ordered, you know, juror number 20, whatever it was, 23, you come to the sidebar. The juror came up and the judge looked at the juror in somewhat disgust and said, I'm going to tell you what the law is. You'll hear the facts in the courtroom. Your job is to apply them. Are you saying you cannot do that? And he said, I cannot. The judge said, that is your obligation. That is your burden. And the juror then said, I judge, no matter what you tell me, no matter how mad you get at me, I cannot judge a case based solely on the facts because there's something that's telling me that there's more to this. And the judge says, what are you talking about? And I looked at the juror and I said, your honor, I think he's telling you that he is an empath. And the judge, of course, said, what the F is an empath? Yeah. And I said, your honor, it means he's connected to people's hearts and souls, feels what they feel and what they say doesn't matter. And the juror started crying. 
looked at me and said, thank you for understanding. I can't explain myself as well as you did. And then, of course, my response being sarcastic was, Your Honor, I want him on the jury. Uh, (laughs) The judge said, no, we're striking him. Um, But again, it was a moment of someone being misunderstood um, because of his behavior, whatever, and just being able to tap into uh, what it was that was motivating him um, was just kind of a cool thing. And I mean, that trial didn't end well for me, but I knew it wouldn't, which is why I wanted him. But uh, <laughs> well, it ended well for me, not my client, I guess I want to say. Um, but yeah, so but then, yeah, that's how people work. It's just kind of cool to have that experience with people. So that is really cool. I love your stories. I could listen. I get lost to them. Well, Joe, thank you so much for joining me today. The conversation, I, I know that we could talk for hours and we have in the past. Yeah. Okay. And I hope to have you back again. Um, Joe, where can people learn more about you? Okay. Yeah. Um, if you go to the themindshark.com, T-H-E-M-I-N-D-S-H-A-R-K.com. Um, it'll lead you right to my website. Um, for 2020, you can also go to my website via the virtualseminar.com. Um, that's my, I call that my, it's a back way into my website, but it's all of a sudden become important. So it's becoming a website name on its own right now. Um, and, uh, just jump on the internet, find me. Um, I I don't think once you're there, you'll never have a problem being able to contact me. It's options abound. So, (laughs) and my books are all available. Uh, if you go there, you'll find a page on my books, but all my books are available on Amazon. So Joe Cursillo, C-U-R-C-I-L-L-O, um, you search me and you'll find them. And listeners, all of those details will be in the show notes. Cool. Cool. Thank you, Trina. That's good. Joe, it's been a pleasure. It's been awesome. Thank you. And take care of yourself and stay safe out there. I will. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Stay tuned for next week's episode where we talk with Derek Loudermilk. Derek Loudermilk is a former pro cyclist and extreme microbiologist turned into professional adventurer, author, and lifestyle entrepreneur. His podcast, The Art of Adventure, has become one of the top entrepreneurship and travel podcasts. Derek Loudermilk is the creator of the Leap System for Quantum Entrepreneurs. His business coaching process incorporates the Thought Leadership MBA, the Adventure Mindset, and the Energy Experience, as well as Peak Performance Mastery. As an international speaker and trainer, Derek regularly presents on topics such as human potential, skill mastery, adventure, charisma, and confidence. So stay tuned, folks. You don't want to miss it. Hey, thanks for listening. I truly hope you got something out of this episode that you can immediately implement in your life or business. If so, one of the easiest ways you can help me and multiply your impact is to please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast and help me reach other heart-centered and socially conscious entrepreneurs like you. As a special thank you, when you leave your rating and review, you'll win a 15-minute free consultation meeting with me to talk specifically about your business. 
Just send me an email with an image or a screenshot of your rating and we'll schedule the time. Thanks again and be awesome.